Advancing innovative research, academic excellence, and family-centered care to transform outcomes for children around the world. Children's Mercy Kansas City presents the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. So our title today is the Adolescent Medicine Specialty Clinic at Children's Mercy. Uh, My guest is Dr. Michaela Voss. She is fellowship trained in adolescent medicine. She's a physician at Children's Mercy, and she's also an assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri at Kansas City. Dr. Voss, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I have down here um, a little quote I want to read from Children's Mercy. It says, special cases require specialty care. The new Children's Mercy Adolescent Medicine Specialty Clinic is a clinic designed specifically to treat the extensive and complex needs of teenagers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this specialty clinic? Sure. So um, I want to give a little bit of background. Most people in the area know us as the teen clinic, and what's new and exciting is that the teen clinic is going to remain, but it's moving under primary care, and we've created a whole new division called the Adolescent Specialty Clinic. And this clinic is going to be a consult-only clinic, so our goal is to work next to primary care providers and help them with their more difficult patients. So um, we are all board certified and fellowship trained, and we are wanting to work with patients 12 and older under a variety of um, issues or topics that may arise that either are a little too complex for the primary care physician or require more time than the primary care uh, provider has. Yeah, so this clinic is really fulfilling um, what's an important need, and it takes on uh, what um, Children's Mercy calls a multidisciplinary approach. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, like who is actually involved in seeing the teenagers at the clinic? Sure. So um, depending on what they are coming for, they might see a variety of different people. So um, I'll use an example of our autonomic dysfunction clinic or our POTS clinic. Um, When they arrive there, they will be um, a nurse practitioner in the adolescent department. We've also teamed up with a physician in the cardiology department. Um, And then based on their needs, they might also see a social worker um, to um, help assist them if they're needing anything outside of our clinic, such as therapy needs. Gotcha. So when, when, when we look at the, um, the clinic itself, so, so I just kind of want to review this one more time. There's a, there's a clinic called the Teens Clinic, right? And that's, that stays the same. It falls under primary care now. That's just the, the general clinic that um, community teenagers would go to. And then now you have the specialty adolescent clinic, and that will be based on referrals only. Is that just kind of the, the overview? Yeah, it is. And I think another thing that I'd like to point out is that traditionally we are known for um, referrals for gynecology and sexual health and reproductive health, and we're still going to take those, and we're really excited to have those. But we're also expanding our program, so we can also get referrals for mental health, either basic anxiety, depression, medication management. Um, We have referrals for possible eating disorder and eating disorder evaluation. Um, We have an autonomic dysfunction clinic for people who have chronic dizziness, fatigue, syncope, or POTS. We also um, can take referrals for PrEP, which is HIV prophylaxis, or really any other complex medical needs that um, an adolescent would need that doesn't fit in one of our other programs. 
So, Dr. Voss, this brings up, uh, I think, an important question. T- like, tell us about why you went into adolescent medicine and, and, and what was missing. Like, why is this a, an age group where we, maybe we weren't or we're not addressing some of these specialty needs that they have as well as we should? And that's kind of why this clinic is developing. Tell us just a little bit more about adolescent medicine, teenager medicine? Sure, that's a great question. I'm smiling brightly about why I went into adolescent medicine because it definitely takes a certain type of soul to go into this type of medicine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Adolescents are really unique. They are in this stage where they feel too old for a pediatrician, and often pediatricians don't feel comfortable treating them because there's not that much training in residency, but they're definitely too young to go to an adult doctor, too. And so they're this really unique situation where they don't really have a spot. And combined with the fact that they don't need a lot of um, frequent, regular checkups like younger kids do, they might come in once every two years for sports physical, and maybe if they get sick, so they get they get missed and they get lost in the medical system. So this specialty was designed to really focus on that age group and all of the risk factors that come with that age group. We know that any of the risk behaviors done in adolescent medicine or during the adolescent period um, affect the health as an adult. So if we can catch them at this age and try to teach and mold them on how to make healthy decisions and how to function within the medical system, they're much more likely to be healthier and advocate for themselves as an adult. Well, that sounds that sounds awesome, and it sounds like it really is kind of filling in that gap, as you say, that, that's even missing in the training of most pediatricians, mm-hmm. right? The focus is so much on the neonate, the, the, mm-hmm. the toddler, you know, and, and we yeah, the teenager comes along and, you know, sports and... You know, when they get a cold, <laughs> that's right. pretty much when we see that. But obviously, there's a, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, there's a lot of hormonal changes, growth change. I mean, there's there's definitely issues that need to be addressed. And so I know you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier on in the interview, but I want to kind of come back to it then. So at this clinic, kind of what, what are some of those common issues that you are seeing? And 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 are these common things that a, that a community physician should feel okay about referring to you guys? So just kind of review some of that. Sure. And so what I think the community physician is used to referring now is, like I said, um, gynecological, reproductive, sexual health. So if they're having any kind of menstrual issues, painful periods, not sure how to start a birth control or they tried one, they don't know where to go next. Um, those are things that they would refer in, and I think the community is pretty comfortable about that. But in addition, say you have a 13-year-old who absolutely won't go to school anymore. They sit at home. The parents got their wits end about them. Um, They might smoke during the day. Um, They have such high anxiety that even um, going to school is a problem, and you just don't know what to do. That would be a great referral. So those complex kids, I always say it's kids that no one else wants to see <laughs> um, that get kind of pushed around from clinic to clinic yeah. are the ones that we really specialize in. And um, so, okay. um, and then, and so maybe another one is say there's a kid that has like a chronic um, fatigue and they have what parents call episodes. And so they've gone to neurology, they've gone to GI, they've gone to a nutritionist and everything's negative and you just don't know where to go next. That would be a perfect patient for our autonomic dysfunction clinic. I'm, I would just say that if you ever have any questions or concerns about a referral, our um, on-call doctor would be happy to speak with you guys okay. to talk about next steps. 
Yeah, that was going to be my question then. Like, how? What's the best way then? Because I think that's one of the problems, right? So, so a lot of the community physicians, nurse practitioners, maybe they're just not sure. You know, is this really you know warranting a referral? So you do have somebody that they can call mm-hmm. uh, to kind of discuss that case and see if if it is appropriate. Do you have that number with you? Um, it's just the Children's Mercy's main phone number, and then okay. um, they would just ask for the adolescent medicine physician on call. So That's That, I'm sure, so, is going to be a great service, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so, and so, so we're happy to either talk with them and say, yes, this would be an appropriate referral, or even, you know, um, if they want advice on how to start working something up before they refer, we would be happy to do that, too. So let's let's go ahead and end, end the interview this way. And I know I think you're going to kind of laugh when I ask this question, Dr. Voss, but what, take us through, um, if there is, a typical uh, visit that um, a patient might experience. And what I mean by that, just walk us through the people they might see um, and, and just kind of give us an idea of what that experience is like for the teenager. <laughs> you're right. I am I laughing. <laughs> and I think it's because there really isn't a typical um, each teenager is so individual and has such individual needs. We really try to cater to that. But I'll try to give you a, a general overview. Um, okay. Often when, when they come in, they'll be checked in by either a nurse or a, a CA, and depending on what they're there for, they might get a pretty extensive amount of vital signs done, um, or um, they might have just a really basic amount done. But from there, usually the next step is, to talk with the providers that they are there to see. Um, our appointments are our initial appointments are anywhere from one to two hours, so we spend a lot of time with the patient, which is another oh wow, thing that's great that um, the primary care providers can't always do. And so we'll get a really detailed history. I think it's really important to listen to the family and hear their entire story. So we'll make sure that gets done. Um, there will always be time where we will speak with the teenager alone. We also think that that's very important for a variety of reasons. And then if needed, we'll also speak with the parent alone. So um, once we gather all the history, then if necessary, our social worker may come in to to provide a variety of resources or to further talk with the teen if they're having some, um, some harmful thoughts or anything like that. And then finally, we wrap up with both the team and the family members that are there. We think it's really important to have everybody on the same page and to get agreement with what the plan is. Um, And so the latter half is really a lot of education to the team and the family, explaining what our thought process is and where our next steps will go. Right. And it's, what, what, a, what a great clinic and what a, that gap that you're filling in here is just so important. So, Dr. Voss, thank you for the, the work that you're doing. And I wish you the, 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 the best and, and the most success uh, possible. And also, thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.